Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Off the top in this hour, though, a conversation about alternative medicine and a conversation I think we, we've had on a number of fronts as of late. But this is an important theme. What is it that's being offered by alternative clinics? And what makes it medicine? It seems to me we have what's either medicine or not medicine. I look at this and I see these claims about traditional medicine or conventional medicine versus natural medicine, alternative medicine, as meaningless distinctions. What do we take medicine to mean? Something that works, something that treats a disease, treats an ailment. And how do we know if it does? Well, we have to prove that it does. So if clinics are offering something that doesn't work, offering something unproven, it's not really medicine at that point. And just because someone calls that thing natural or alternative, you know, it doesn't escape that burden of proof. So when I came across this yesterday, to me, this is, is alarming. A uh, new study finds the majority of Canadian chiropractic, naturopathic, homeopathic, and acupuncture clinics claim that they can either diagnose or treat both allergy sensitivity and asthma. More than 50% of the alternative clinics advertise at least one health-related claim for both allergy sensitivity and asthma. Naturopath clinic websites have the highest rate of health claims for both allergy and asthma. So why are they able to make these claims? And if we're talking about unproven claims being advertised as effective, should something be done about it? Joining us to talk about this uh, new study published in the uh, journal BMJ Open as uh, Timothy Caulfield, Canada Research Chair in Health Law and Policy at the University of Alberta, Research Director of the Health Law Institute and Trudeau Fellow and Professor in the Faculty of Law and School of Public Health. Tim, great to have you back with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thanks very much. All right. Well, give us an overview then of, of what it was you were looking at and, and looking for in this study. Uh, so what we wanted to do is get a sense of how these clinics, these uh, providers were advertising, how they were market, marketing their services on on the web because as you know that this is increasingly how people are getting their health information and how people are increasingly finding providers also uh, if you were just searching for on these topics about allergy or asthma you may come across one of these websites right this might be a source of information for you so we thought it was um, and the data to back this up uh, an important uh, study to do in order to get a sense of what the these uh, these clinics are saying uh, in addition to that, uh, as you know, allergy and asthma, a huge issue uh, in, in the Western world, very large percentage of the population uh, struggles with uh, either asthma or has allergy issues. So, so this is also an important health issue. 
so we wanted to get a sense of what was going on and also uh, what you just touched on, how, how we can make recommendations uh, around making the information better. You know, how can we deal with, with m- misinformation that's out there? All right. Well, how do we know what, what is misinformation? Because when it comes to dealing with, with allergies or even food sensitivity especially, maybe less so with asthma, but, but these can be tricky issues to, to diagnose and to deal with. Uh, that's right, and, and I, I'd like to point out that our, our study we did as, as part of a National Centers of Excellence program, the Allergen, which is a uh, brings together allergy experts from all over the world, and one of our co-authors is an allergy expert. So this wasn't you know us, you know, just my, myself and my colleague uh, coming at it from a health policy perspective. We really did try to get a sense of what the literature says around uh, the claims that are being made. Um, I, I think that uh, one, what. The fact that allergy and asthma can be difficult to diagnose, particularly you know some of the allergy issues, uh, particularly sensitivities, that that undefined category, uh, is one of the reasons that these alternative practitioners are so active in this domain. Right? It's it's it seems like an area that is is ripe for abuse. It's ripe for uh, therapies and diagnostic techniques that don't have science behind it because it's so difficult to do and so in some uh, cases, particularly around the idea of sensitivity, so ill-defined. Okay, so when we're looking at something specifically that's being offered, and you give examples here of immunotherapy, intravenous hydroperoxides, ionic foot bath detoxification, if, if clinics are advertising that specifically and explicitly as treatments for allergy and asthma, but that's not something that, that has the science to back it up. Yeah, I, I mean, there's stuff here that is absolutely absurd, right? Like the ionic foot baths, right? Detoxification, which what you know, it was offered in in a number by a number of clinics or uh, all the you know electrodermal testing, um, drinking broth regularly, you know, other kinds of detoxification, vitamin and mineral injections. All this stuff is complete nonsense. So it's not even something that that is close. You know, that we can have sort of this debate. Well, one study says this, and another study says that. This is stuff that is scientifically absurd. So, you know, we're not really picking on stuff where there is an ongoing debate about about whether this stuff is efficacious or not. Now, to be fair, there are interesting studies around, I don't know if I call them interesting, but there are studies out there around, uh, for example, acupuncture and some kinds of allergy uh, relief. You know, the degree to which that's a placebo effect or an actual biological response, we could have a discussion, uh, but it's, I do think it's fair to say that the, the science certainly isn't certain about those things working. All right. Well, as it stands now, then, is, is there any onus on these, these providers to, to back up their claims. Yeah, so we we think we feel strongly about this that uh, we need that we need to get rid of the mis- misrepresentation. And you're starting to see some movement, uh, thankfully, uh, from Health Canada and the FTC uh, on this front around homeopathy. You're probably well aware of that. The FTC in the U.S. has said now, if you're going to market homeopathy. You have to have on the label, basically, I'm paraphrasing here, this does not work as part of the label. So I, I think that everyone is for ensuring that consumers and the public are properly informed. So we think that both that there should be more action on the front of truth and advertising, and there should be more action on the front uh, uh, by the professional regulators, you know, to regulate their own, their own members. Uh, and we also think that there should be more uh, activity by by some of the regulators in making statements like uh, the FDA has done in the United States and Health Canada is increasingly doing around how some of this stuff doesn't work. So I do think we need to clean up these websites. We've got to stop the advertising of this stuff that does not work. People are wasting their money, uh, and there can also be real harm. 
Well, and is there a double standard when it comes to these alternative clinics? Are they getting a pass? Because, I mean, right where you are, the University of Alberta, the Stollery Children's Hospital, there's a pediatric department of allergy and immunology. And uh, I guess if they're going to offer anything or recommend anything to children suffering from, from allergies, uh, that, that they need to be able to, to back it up. Uh, I do sometimes think there is a double standard that goes on. You know, I call it the two-hat fallacy. I think we've talked about this before. When people are are making claims, uh, when they're in a science-based profession or, or they're offering something that's supposed to be science-based, they're held to a science-based standard. But somehow we lower the standard when it's a, an alternative practitioner, uh, and I don't think that's right. And particularly since increasingly these alternative practitioners are, are suggesting this is science-based. And that's what's happening on these websites, right? It's, it's, it's being suggested that these are sort of biologically valid, that these are science-based um, uh, uh, therapies and science-based diagnostic techniques. And when they are being sort of put forward with that as the standard, then for sure they should be held to a science standard. Right. It often seems to, to loop back around to, to uh, a different version of the same old conspiracy theory that, well, these things work, uh, but people are trying to suppress that. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> you hear that a lot, and, and you also hear that... Um, uh, you know, there, there's this strange uh, leap in logic that that because we're putting down these therapies, we're pro big pharma or pro pharmaceuticals, or we're in the pocket of pharmaceutical companies. That kind of thing, as if as if one le- logically leads to to the other, right? You know, you can be critical of how pharmaceutical companies are dealing with asthma and allergies, and I'm not saying that necessarily am, but you can, but you can still be critical of this. You know, we want good science everywhere. We want it uh, everywhere, and I think that if if these therapies and these these practitioners uh, want to market their stuff, it has to be science-based. And where does it leave patients, either adults who are suffering from allergies or asthma, or more to the point, parents of children who are suffering from, from allergies or asthma? They, they can't go through medical journals. They can't review all the, the trials that have been done to, to see what's effective or what's not. Uh, so it, it leaves them in a tough spot. It really does, and I think this is one of the most harmful things of this whole of, of, of the whole study, is it really just makes the whole area so confused, right? All the public representations around this stuff, really confusing, especially when you think around, around sensitivities. You know, uh, if you go to a naturopath, it's like everyone has sensitivities, right? And what, what really is a sensitivity? How do you measure it? Are those biological markers accurate? Is the therapy that's being provided really going to address the problem that's been identified, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And, and, and almost always there's really no good evidence to back it up. Well, it's interesting. One example cited in the research here is this, what's known as the food-specific uh, IgG testing, mm-hmm. the immu, immunoglobin G testing, which, which sounds very scientific, and it's going to zero in on what uh, foods you might be sensitive to. But you know, the Canadian Society of Allergy and Clinical Immunology, which certainly have nothing against any kind of potential benefit or treatment, they made it pretty clear that this is something that, that people should stay away from. Uh, that, that's right. It's, that's a great example. And, and another point you made, I think, is important. A lot of this stuff is framed in very sciencey language, right? That makes it sound like it's legitimate, and it makes it more difficult, I think, for some people in the in the general population to discern, you know, what's real science and what's not real science. That's a really good example. It's a very common technique that's used by naturopaths. Uh, there's not good evidence to back it up as a diagnostic tool. Uh, and and another point you make, I think, is really important. Look, everybody wants there to be good diagnostic tools. Every 
everybody wants there to be therapies that work. No one's against that, right? So uh, in, that, in that respect, we're all on the same page, but let's just use the stuff that has evidence to support it. Yeah, excellent point. Well, we'll leave it there. Uh, people can find the study for themselves. I know it's posted at the Allergen website, allergen-nce. Uh, Tim, thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Rob. All right. Tim, uh, Timothy Caulfield, Canada Research Chair in Health Law and Policy, University of Alberta, also Research Director of the Health Law Institute at the U of A, and co-author of this study, as mentioned, published in the journal BMJ Open. The majority of chiropractic, naturopathic, homeopathic acupuncture clinics are claiming that they can diagnose or treat allergies and sensitivities and asthma. They analyzed the marketing claims being made by clinics in Canada's 10 most populous cities and found that alternative medicine practitioners offer a wide range of tests and treatments for allergy and asthma. That the study's results suggest the need for a legal and policy response in order to protect the Canadian public from questionable claims. Many of these proposed treatments are potentially harmful. So over half, they say, are making unproven claims. Now, why should they get a pass? Why should any claim get a pass? If you're claiming you've got something that can be a benefit to somebody, then prove it. This is a procedure by which we do that. It's not perfect, but it's certainly better than nothing. And that's what I think in, in a lot of these cases, people are, are trying to convince us that nothing is better than clinical trials. Well, why do we need clinical trials? I know there was once that drug that passed clinical trials and it was proven to be not very good after all. We just throw out everything? We just come up with a new system where you get to claim that it works and that's good enough? I'm sure the drug companies would love that. 403-974-8255 is our number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.